Wake up. Freedom's on the rise. Welcome everyone to Freedom's Rising. Today is June 8th, 2022. You are participating in Freedom's Rising. This is Tyler Bloyer. You can find this work over at tylerbloyer.com, freedomsrising.live, theonegreatworknetwork.com, and you can subscribe to the many outlets that we have available, including BitChute, Odyssey, the Z- the Z- YouTube. You can t- subscribe to the YouTube and the Float, float.app. Um, we also make our content available on the Interplanetary File System, or IPFS, and downloads are available. Of course, this, as of now, still being audio version only podcast, you can also find us on Spotify, iHeart, Stitcher, Podcast Index, subscribe via email. We're on TuneIn, Desert, RSS, and of course, like I said, always on tylerbloyer.com. We've talked about the back end of Freedoms Rising having freedomsrising.crypto, which is an unstoppable domain, and that makes that uh, unstoppable. Well, I also have a backup plan for tylerbloyer.com should the day ever come with tylerbloyer.crypto. I bought that also as an unstoppable domain back when I purchased those domains. And things might not come up and just work right away should the worst ever happen. But we have backup plans and redundancy. Why? Because freedom's rising is unstoppable, right? So coming up, what we have to talk about on freedom's rising are events. So I just want to touch on some of the events coming up. The Self-Reliance Festival, June 11th and 12th in Camden, Tennessee. Now, hopefully in the future, we'd be able to travel around and attend more of these events. For now, I know enough of the speakers here, some of them personally, others uh, just through listening to their content over the years. And I'm promoting the event because it's a freedom-oriented, solutions-oriented event. And Freedoms Rising would definitely like to be more involved in these events in the future. And we'll be talking about some of the upcoming plans for Freedoms Rising. But the Self-Reliance Festival is June 11th and 12th, so this weekend. So if you hadn't been already planning to go, it's probably a little late to decide now. Uh, But the description on their website says, The Self-Reliance Festival at Special Operations Equipment gives you a close-up view of both tactical and practical skills. Spend a weekend with speakers like Jack Spierko from the Survival Podcast, Nicole Sass from Living Free in Tennessee, John Wills, Special Operations Equipment, and Dr. Ken Berry, The Proper Human Diet. Guided by Billy Bond, we'll process a pig and learn how to raise chickens that feed themselves and create much more for you. The many thoroughly practical demonstrations include emergency medical training, blade sharpening, aquaponics, homestead, veterinary tools, and techniques, marketing, you. It says marketing you side gig. I think there's a typo there. 3D printing, cryptocurrency, defense dogs, and permaculture design. So this is a well-rounded set of things. I mean, some of the people are Nicole Sauce, Billy Bond, Jack Spierko, 
John Wells, Dr. Ken Berry, Bear Independent, Josh and Thomas Carpenter, Gabby Hundley, Dr. Nikita Fowler. A panel discussion will be held. Joey Glover and Dana McLennan, Jake Drum, Joel Riles, John Bush, Billy Bond, Chuck Peoples, Carrie Brown, Patrick Rohrman, uh, and f- quite a few others. Let's uh, keep the list to a minimum there. And uh, again, I'm just going through these events periodically on Freedom's Rising to announce the upcoming freedom events that are coming around the corner. Now, there's others later in June, Pork Fest we have in July, uh, the Permaculture Technology Jamboree from June 27th to July 9th, upcoming Jackalope Freedom Festival from August 1st to the 14th. I'll be touching on that a little bit more later. Um, the, the ongoing Crimes Against Humanity tour, you can check out the link in the show notes to see if that is somewhere near you where you'd be able to attend. And also we have the Freedom Under Natural Law Conference that uh, some members that I know from the One Great Work Network and also I think Will Keller is the main person behind that event. That link will be in the show notes. We'll go into more depth on these as they get a little bit closer. And then I've added in here the Greater Reset 4 which I know in the timeline of things would be then in, I think, January or February-ish. I don't think they've officially announced, but there's that event. And then also into next year, Anarchapulco in February of 2023, and Midfest, the Mid-Continent Liberty Festival in late April 2023. So these are the upcoming Freedoms Rising approved uh, freedom-oriented solutions-oriented events upcoming in the next year or so. Now, I do understand there's a split between people that don't eat meat or don't participate. They're uh, vegans or they're vegetarian. And when we talk about things like in the Self-Reliance Festival, some of the topics there were, were they're processing a pig and how to raise chickens. Some people, that doesn't fit into their freedom-oriented, solutions-oriented paradigm. And for those that are living out in, let's say, the country or or that were raised in the country and they're looking at homesteading land or they've been homesteading a property, a lot of it surrounds livestock and it surrounds stewardship and raising animals on the land to make the land more fertile and to use that as a sort of a holistic system to bring about more fertility in the soil. And it's not necessarily trying to ruffle the feathers of or, you know, be opposed to veganism. They're, these people, that, that's like saying anti-vax or unvaccinated. That's like not a term, right? Like, that's just naturally how things are. It's not a, it's not a status of something like someone who's, so when you say like, you're not, it's almost like you're trying to say you're unvegan. You know, well, no, that's just how they are. That's just how they've been raised. That's how the land works. That's how their livelihood works. And a lot of the people who seek freedom in their life or have more freedom and abundance in their life, it's because they're using sustainable techniques of agriculture and farming and livestock raising and stewardship of the land and the animals to bring this lifestyle about and it gives them more food reliance more uh, fat sources 
And we w- we're not going to get into the argument right now ab- about the right and wrong of that. And we're going to focus on the solutions that are being proposed by these things, which is more self-reliance, more independence, the ability to sustain a family more easily, to offset grocery bill costs, and to add that fertility back into the land of a place that you're homesteading with these techniques. So we'll leave that there for now. Now, along the lines of diet and health, though, uh, we also have an event coming up with Alt Eats. Now, for those of you who have heard me talk about Alt Eats before, Alt Eats is Cassandra, my partner, my wife's endeavor to bring her way of eating more healthy in the world and and using alternative ingredients as opposed to like uh, grain and sugar and these things in preparing meals and also cooking desserts and things like that. And Alt Eats is the way that we are working on presenting that to the wider community. And so there's many videos that have been put together. If you go to alteats.life, you can see the videos put together there and read more about that. And upcoming this weekend, we have an, an event in Sholo, Arizona, near us, and that is on Saturday, June 11th. It's the Sholo Days, and I'll be putting that in the notes as well. But if you're in the local area, come out and see us. I'll be there helping and we'll be around the Sholo Days event here on Saturday. It's a place where a lot of the local vendors come together and vend. There's a lot of markets like that in any town, really, I'm sure. But Cassandra is trying to participate more in these as a a marketing event and a mingling event. You know, we gather people's emails while we're there so we can follow up with our customers and clients. Uh, People can meet Cassandra, who's really more of the face and the more personable aspect of the business to be able to approach and talk to while we're out in public and doing events. So a lot of our networking has come from these events and she's been able to, you know, have contacts who contact her and need things. And we have special opportunities that come up through networking in this way. And I've set up some things at like the farmer's market having to do with more of the activism side of things. And, you know, we put up some signs that we got and helped create with Ernie Hancock uh, when he was up here at the Derek Bros activation tour. You know, we created these signs like Liberty wears no mask or um, um, let's see, what were some of the other masks or not masks, but signs. It was uh, like masks make me feel lonely. Right. Or (laughs) these other things that are the beginning is nigh was one of my favorites. I still have a couple of these hanging up in my garage, but we took a stack of those from the activation tour that Ernie and Donna were out on their bus, just making the signs the whole time while people were speaking. And then Ernie got up and spoke and went back to making the signs. And at the end, there was this big stacks of signs that people could take. And we, we put them all around the area, you know, and it just helps like people, I think, enjoyed the signs and and like seeing that other people think like they do and that they're also active and out there actually doing things in the community. And part that's partially, you know, what we want to blend the events into. I, I do anyways, not just doing local community events with a table um, for our businesses, but then also, you know, some activism, networking, and 
learning about more about the community, not necessarily, you know, forcing people or trying to get people to see things a certain way, but making that opportunity available for them, at least at these events. So something that we'll be doing more again, check out alteats.life, sign up for the email course there, or the email sign up where you'll get unlimited access to Kajabi monthly mini uh, course classes, email invitations to live video alerts, email updates on new class launch and info, and Altit's Discord server, which we have set up as well. So if you're interested in that, and it doesn't you don't have to be local to Arizona to sign up for that or to go check it out, and uh, eventually we'll have more products available online, and we currently do that more locally, but we'll be so that'll be one way that, you know, Freedom's Rising is supported. And honestly, like the Freedom's Rising show is also, that's what you see in the banner on the logo in the in the art episode artwork or on the videos on the thumbnail. There's some logos behind the Freedom's Rising logo, and one of them is Alt Eats. Well, that's part of the Freedom's Rising wheelhouse is Alt Eats, Alt Life, and promoting a better... D- diet and different ways of eating and alternative ways of living and raising a family and all these things. So look forward to more of this stuff in the future because it all has to do with freedoms rising as well. And this, okay, we touched on that again. So the Jackalope Freedom Festival that's coming up, that's something we do attend. That's the first two weeks of August here near Heber, Arizona in the Northeastern Arizona region. And same thing there. We'll have a booth set up. It's a definitely a different twist. What we do there is called our mateys. And it's sort of a open bar or not open like in that way. It's a it's a bar uh, not open in the way that like your tab is paid is what I'm saying. Nobody pays for the bar. But and then we also, you know, have our products there and our, you know, activist work and the things that we're working on last year. That was sort of the introduction of Freedoms Rising for me. Uh, at Jackalope Freedom Festival, and we started working on that at that time, had the 24-7 live stream up and going. So we've been doing that for about a year now with the 24-7 live streaming. And again, there's still a lot of work that needs to be done on the project. There's still things that I would like to have done better on the website. And these are things that I'm going to get to, but the events like this help us push things forward. And we really had a good time last year doing the R Mateys because Jackalope is a freedom festival and it's also free to attend vend and you can uh, participate or not like there's people that do a lot of vending (laughs) there's a lot of uh activists there uh that you can meet and and go and actually meet some of the people in the community that you might know from their content and things like that and there's speakers who schedule times to speak that you can go see And then there's also, like I said, the vendors who vend. And it's also an example of the Agora in real time and in real life that we can come together. Uh, There doesn't need to be any state interference. And we live peacefully together for a few weeks. And there's people that are, we support each other. We support each other's businesses. We take care of the needs of the community. And it's really a great time. And two weeks or so in the mountains, for us last year was a lot. We really, it was a, a lot of work doing that for a couple of weeks with no, there's no running water, right? There's no utilities. It's all pack in and pack out. So 
it's a challenge that <laughs> really, like I said, it took us to the next level. Now this year, it's like almost seems like easier getting ready for it because we've already been through that stretch of trying to achieve vending, uh, taking care of the family. Last year, we picked up a, a dog up in the mountains, not picked up, like we planned on getting a puppy and some people had puppies. So we now have two dogs and one of them He's he, a lot of work still, and a lot of training is needed. That's Chewbacca, Chumaco, or we call him Chewy. His name is Chewbacca because he was born on May 4th. So may the 4th be with you. And uh, it's funny because my other dog, Mosley, makes a lot of noises that sound like Chewbacca. <laughs> so, And uh, the other, we had some friends as well adopt a dog. Actually, uh, Tim Pachote and his, I think, girlfriend, uh, Tina Marie, adopted a dog as well from the same litter and uh so maybe this year they'll have like a reunion and we'll be able to get the dogs back together but yeah looking forward to that anyway and uh the jackalope freedom festival like i said august 1st through the 14th so plenty of time out there for people that hadn't heard about that or were on the fence i think uh you should come on out to it check it out there's lots of good music food uh there's plenty of things like that. They do have outhouses that get sponsored. That's about the only thing that's organized enough to be a sponsored thing that comes together is getting the porta johns up there. And that's a pretty important thing, if you ask me. And it makes it it makes it a lot easier for the families and people to prepare to come up there. Because like I said, there's there are some vendors with food and uh there is is some people that bring additional water and even have big uh water storage containers. So you could come pretty minimally and still make it, but it's still, you have to take care of yourself. It's not one of those things where people are going to take care of you. You know, I mean, everybody's self-reliant in that way. And that's why we're able to come together and make it work like that without many problems, because the people that are doing it are already in the mindset of being able to take care of themselves and understand how to have conflict resolution without involving the state and so far, after 10 years or 11 years, this year's the 11th year, there haven't been any major issues or big problems that have come up that show like, oh, well, this was a bad idea. We shouldn't be doing stuff like this. You know, it's really been a great proof of concept of how things could be in an alternative way that should be not alternative and more the mainstream way of doing things, really. Okay, so it coming up in future future episodes of Freedoms Rising, I, I want to start to incorporate different themes, uh, different naming conventions, so people can look at an episode and see more of what it's about before getting into it, and have different graphics, and uh, incorporate video and live streaming in these things into the series. Now, I may just have other episodes where I put out something that's not titled Freedoms Rising into this feed. And that's because the stream of consciousness of TylerBloyer.com, of this very powerful and beautiful being. No, I'm just kidding. It always, I just always feel so pretentious and like egotistical when I talk about myself and my work and my website. But that's the point of it is to be able to put out the work over the years under my name in my feed that will be a, a constant message of the things that I've learned over the years, but then a consistency grounded in truth, liberty, and freedom, and the struggle that it takes to work towards these things in your own life, but then help spread that message to a wider audience to spread these things into the world, right? That's the one great work. That's why we're, that's why Mark built the One Great Work Network and a, a lot of content creators on there doing that work. 
And I, I'm not condoning and saying everyone in there is in full agreement and everyone's doing the best work they can. You know, like there's people in a struggle and a uh, they're in motion and at least they are doing something. You know, I mean, I think some people discount that and don't even see maybe their own value in the community. It's hard to find support sometimes. And it, sometimes people don't really understand the value of what you're doing because they're they haven't yet woken up, let's say, right? I don't like to use that cliche, but they may not see the value in the information that's being put out yet because they don't really value that because their lives haven't led them to understand how hard it is, A, to, to wrap your mind around some of the things, and then B, to actually get to the point where you're taking action and producing based on that knowledge and understanding, right? That People don't see all that. They just see that, you know, there's this guy and there's this podcast and the listening audience is taking a slow ramp up and it's taken him years to get established and all that. But that's the feed that I've put out is not just Freedoms Rising. If you go back, there's a lot of previous work to the Freedoms Rising show, including um, the Creature of Control podcast series where we discussed the Creature of Control. You can check that out. Liberty Lifestyle, my walk and talks falling into the movement traps and the bio war and freedoms rising, as well as just content that's not necessarily in one vein. It doesn't just, you know, fall into freedoms rising. So there might be other things that come out in sequence with freedoms rising series that aren't going to be numbered, like freedoms rising is a numbered thing. We're on episode 10 today. And uh, anyway, so like I said, we have plans to make things different for now. The the idea is to be able to put out three to four episodes a week, to be able to stay in that consistency and then ramp things up as we go, offer as much value as possible to the audience. And that is the goals and plans of Freedoms Rising coming up. Now, in a next, to switch things up, I like to say that next because it really helps the listener kind of go, oh, there's something new. Like you start to zone out to my monotone voice. Some people said my voice is very relaxing, and other people it's more monotone, and the pick on my grammar, like when I say having to, Cassandra's always picking on me for saying having to. That's not a thing. And I said, yeah, it is. You got to look it up. Having to is like a, a shorter term thing where you need to do a thing and you're having to do it, <laughs> you know, I'm having to explain having to to you. That's an example, but you definitely hear yourself better. Uh, if you listen to your own work, like when I say, uh, and, um, um, over and over, or right, all these things that are just filler words. Uh, anyway, there you go. So next, what we're going to be talking about is an associated propaganda news article. Oh, wait, I think it's associated press. And this came out yesterday by Ben Fox on the AP. It says, U.S. sees heightened extremist threat heading into midterms. Uh, starting with the article from Washington AP. A looming Supreme Court decision on abortion, an increase of migrants on the U.S.-Mexican border, and the midterm elections are potential triggers for extremist violence over the next six months, the Department of Homeland Security said. Tuesday, the U.S. was in a heightened threat security already, and these factors may worsen the situation, 
DHS said in the latest National Terrorism Advisory System Bulletin. In uh, Reading from the article, quote, In the coming months, we expect the threat environment to become more dynamic as several high-profile events could be exploited to justify acts of violence against a range of possible targets, unquote, DHS said. I like how it's just like, DHS said. It's not like a specific person there. It's just like this this entity over here, right? Um, Now, continuing on, it says, it's the latest attempt by Homeland Security to draw attention to the threat posed by domestic violent extremists, a shift from alerts about international terrorism that were a hallmark of the agencies following its creation after the wake of the September 11th, 2001 attacks. Yeah, isn't that interesting, me breaking in here, that the Department of Homeland Security was created after 9-11 because of the events of 9-11 to be able to monitor terrorist activity, right? And what they've done is now turned that around and with the, what was it, the Department of Misinformation or something, or they had this like misinformation ministry of truth campaign thing that fizzled out a little bit. And then they're like, Oh, we're not going to do that. That was just recently. And then, you know, like they're not actually doing it anyway, right. That they're not going to implement some sort of ministry of truth, you know, algorithm in the back end that all the main players can tie into and get assistance with. But it, um, you know, interesting that now the focus is on, domestic threats right and the and the problem with these misinformation campaigns right so they're shifting because the narrative is shifting because there isn't anymore an al-qaeda boogeyman in the middle east that needs to be taken care of and america's not necessarily at war at the moment right with any major um enemy although they're definitely beating that drum with china and russia and you know, what's happening with the Ukraine and the civil war going on in Ukraine and also the invasion of Russia. You know, that's all being hyped up and you're, you know, getting fear, fear, fear on all that too. But now they're like, oh, well, the problem is they're kind of priming the pump for this. It's the domestic thing, right? Well, with the upcoming elections and the midterm and then these things, they may be just you know, reading the writing on the wall, but also this is sort of what I would say is getting us ready for these things, because this is what we know the next sort of wave during the summer will be is this like rioting over the abortion thing and over the school, over the gun laws and the shooting and just be like, you know, chaos from the left. Like we saw uh, back in 2019 uh, leading up to the pre you know, January 6th event in the years before that, it was uh, BLM, you know, burning down cities and rioting everywhere and uh, mostly peaceful protests. <laughs> when you see like flames like burning down the whole city and then the media is like, oh, yeah, this is mostly peaceful. You know, they're, they're doing the right thing here out. You're just using their freedom of speech. And, you know, that's one form of it. But this is definitely looking more like they're trying to gear it towards you know, the right side of the paradigm um, getting more involved in civil unrest. So let's just uh, continue reading on the article here. It says, DHS 
also warns that China, Russia, Iran, and other nations seek to foment divisions within the U.S. to weaken the country and its standing in the world. In part, they do this by amplifying conspiracy theories and false reports <laughs> that proliferate in American society. Domestic violent extremists, however, present the most pressing and potential violent threat, the agency said. For example, the racist attack, in which the white gunman killed 10 black people in the Buffalo, New York su supermarket in May. Okay, so that's a horrible thing. That's a bad thing. But those are the biggest threats? I, I don't think so. I mean, there are things going on in the world that kill far more people than this. Um, you know that are way more of a, a threat than 10 people being... I mean, I, I think the media chooses to focus on these things because there's an agenda behind them, right? There is an agenda to focus on the 19 people over here, or the 10 people over here, when that, that type of stuff happens, A, on a daily basis, you know, and that there are stories going on like this. And I, I don't mean school shootings happen on a daily basis. That's not what I mean. What I mean is gun violence across cities all across America happens on a daily basis that probably kill more people than are being reported here in this particular event. But And I'm not saying, so this event isn't a big deal. It's a big deal. Like these, these things in the Buffalo, New York supermarket in May, that's a big deal. It's not that it's not a big deal. It's, it is a, a, a bad event and we don't want those things to happen. But the fact that we, that our domestic uh, violent extremist threat is this, these events that are going on. Um, no, there are, there are far worse events, mostly prop propagated by governments and even the American government that kill millions upon millions of people that we don't talk about those things in that type of violence, though. We just talk about these ones where we need to come after your gun rights, right? <laughs> Says the American patriot or the anti-patriot. Uh, and we, we need to make sure and con control the guns so that this type of stuff doesn't happen. Well, yeah, the government and democide are the biggest killers of people. Just keep that in mind. How about abortion itself being one of the largest genocides and killers of people of all time and all history? But we don't talk about that, right? We're not going to talk about that sort of violence. Violence against the self. Violence against your children. Done by mothers and fathers, right? We'll talk about these other things so we can control you more and have more fear in your life about these, you know, you're going to go out and get shot up or your kids are going to get shot up at school. And we've talked about this on the show, you know, take responsibility for your child's upbringing and don't put them in a public education system. First of all, a, that's one of the solutions to this problem, right? Don't put them in that situation. And then they won't be in that situation. And then you'll have to take responsibility back for their upbringing, how it should be. How many times have you heard of a mass homeschool shooting? Okay, moving on in the article. The, the bulletin, which is scheduled to expire November 30th, said calls for violence by domestic extremists directed at democratic institutions. Candidates and election workers will likely increase through the fall. It said that people in online forums have praised the mass shooting at elementary schools in Uvalde, Texas, and encouraged copycat attacks. Really? Like, there's no source to this? 
it said that people in online forums, like the, you guys know how to use a hyperlink? Like where where is your source on this that you're getting this information? You know what I mean? The bol- This bulletin? Come on. It says, quote, the alert highlights the fact that society is becoming more violent every single day, unquote, said Brian Harrell, a former assistant secretary at DHS. Quote, would-be criminals and domestic terrorists will always use the path of least resistance, and oftentimes soft targets and crowded places are picked for this violence, unquote. A senior DHS official speaking to reporters ahead of the release of the bulletin said it describes the situation as, quote, dynamic, unquote, because authorities authorities are seeing a wider variety of people motivated by a broader range of grievances and in and incidents than in the past. The upcoming decision for the Supreme Court, which could overrun Roe v. Wade, could lead to violence from either extremist supporters or opponents of abortion rights, depending on the outcome, said officials speaking on the condition of anonymity to discuss some factors that went into the preparation of the bulletin. Racial extremists may be motivated by immigration enforcement or whether the government continues to rely on Title 42. The public health order has been used since the start of the coronavirus pandemic to prevent people from seeking asylum at the southwest border, DHS said. The agency and the FBI are working with state and local law enforcement to raise awareness of the threat, and DHS has increased grant funding to local governments and religious organizations to improve security, Homeland Security, Alejandro in Mayorkas said in the statement release with the bulletin. So that's an interesting, you know, perspective there, I guess, from the Department of Homeland Security on what they see coming over the next six months. And I've been listening to these alerts and other things that the Department of Homeland Security puts out, and there's been a lot of concern from them about this sort of thing being drummed up over the last few years, really, switching the narrative from external threats, from uh, terrorists, from Al-Qaeda, from you know the Taliban, and from Afghanistan, and uh, these different regions of the world. Now we're shifting into you know, like we've seen from the associated propaganda before. The problem is, is the podcasters, right? These extremists out there. <laughs> and, I, I, you know, they're shifting it to point to the problem being internal in the country and to be able to come after extremists. And this provides, you know, more utility for censorship, for shutting people down, We've talked about the digital gulag that's coming up. What what do you think will happen when you're identified as being a domestic extremist as part of the Freedom Cell network and your bank account funds just start getting shut down from Visa, you know, who's participating through the the CBDC system and they're a sponsored bank or something like that. And so they have the ability to go. I mean, I'm just projecting out as, you know, of course, maybe there are violent extremists that are planning to do things and uh some of this warning about them will help people put up barriers against that sort of thing happening but i think this is mainly propaganda and you know coming from 
the government and coming from the associated propaganda to sort of steer things in the direction of the solutions that they will implement for this, right? Which is more gun control, more censorship, uh, these sort of things. That's why the narrative is put out in this way. That there, It's not to say that these things aren't real or that these shootings aren't real or something like that. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying that they're going to twist it and maneuver it in a way to continue to roll out, you know, roll out the digital dictatorship. And this sort of propaganda is used constantly in the media to seed those ideas out into the public and to get people to start seeing it in a certain way and thinking about it in a certain way. Similar to, you know, how something like public education is done and you get all the kids thinking the same way and you instill learned helplessness and scarcity mindset and a lack of critical thinking. And now those adults are easily propagandized later in life. And as long as these authoritative figures are coming down with the way that you should need to look and worry worry about and see things, then those adults have a hard time questioning anything that they're being told because they don't have that firewall up. And they've been beaten down and propagandized and you know, politicized through the public education system and don't have the ability to look at these things more critically with a critical eye. So that scarcity versus abundance mindset, I mean, it's always, you know, scarcity is like fear and we're going to run out and uh, people are going to die and we don't have enough and uh, there's global warming, we're going to kill the planet and there's too many people. And even in your own life, just like, I don't have enough and I couldn't be, I couldn't do that. And I couldn't rely on myself. I don't know how I would do those things or we don't have enough or we're in debt. And so we can't get these things that we need. Um, this is a, a scarcity mindset. And, you know, the, the universe is abundant. Energy is abundant. Nature is extremely abundant. The things that we can visually inspect around us, even with the way the world works are extremely abundant and it's our minds that come in and create the scarcity and then with all the fear uncertainty and doubt right that the media puts out that's the fud with all the fud that that gets put out it just keeps people in this scarcity mindset right and then you're basically controlled at that point the media is able to continue to pump out the fear and keep your attention on that and then there, you know, in your mind, the solutions are through the politicians and through uh, voting in the right way and using the political system, right? And the solutions aren't outside of that or aren't anything on the, what the crazy guy at Freedom's Rising says or anything else with having to do with the liberty community or, you know, I, I, I know a lot of people get burnt out on that as well. And I think that's a mistake as well. Like if you've come to realize that there's so many things in the liberty community that are just wrong and people are full of shit and they don't have it right. You know, so what, man? Then show us the right way. Then let's get out there and you, let's hear it. Let's hear what you got. I'm open to hearing how I'm wrong. I'm open to hearing and changing my mind about things. I've done that many, 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 many times. You know, but I've come back to, hey, but still freedom is the principle here that matters the most. Truth, freedom, and prosperity, you know, and aligning yourself with the truth first before almost like putting your own oxygen mask on first before you even build other relationships with other people, right? So that you're standing in principle and truth before 
moving forward. So anyway, going back to what we were talking about, it's just that you have this scarcity mindset, right? On a global scale, this is like, there's too many people. The world's overpopulated. We're going to have collapse of food systems, or this is a scarcity mindset. They, they've thought this, this is Malthusian logic. This is Malthusian thinking, right? Thomas Malthus. Uh, he was famous for constantly talking about how there would be a collapse of the food system, that there would be mass starvation. Uh, Robert Thomas Malthus, uh, rabid eugenicist, right? And someone who thought that we should cull the population in order to avoid having mass food shortages and not only that but just this sort of dark and we're not going to make it type mentality that's the malthusian logic behind seeing you know maybe he wasn't maybe at that point it wasn't labeled as eugenics i think maybe even it predated that particular term but the malthusian theory we'll read here from the Britannica, really quick. In 1798, Malthus published anonymously the first edition of an essay of the principle of the population as it affects the future improvement of society with remarks on the speculations of Mr. Godwin M. Condorcet and other writers. The work received wide notice. Briefly, crudely, yet strikingly, Malthus argued that infinite human hopes for social happiness must be vain, for populations will always tend to outrun the growth of production. The increase of population will take place, if unchecked, in a geometric progression, while the means of subsistence will increase in only an algorithmic progression. Populations will always expand to the limit of subsistence, only vice, including the commission of war, misery, including famine or want for food and ill health, and moral restraint, i.e. abstinence, could check this excessive growth. So, so yeah, so using, uh, um, using epigenetics to affect genetics, to affect population, using the environmental controls to reduce the population, essentially. So someone like that, they're, they're, that's a scarcity mindset, right? That's thinking we don't have enough, therefore we must do something about this population growth, right? Where I argue the op- opposite. I'm a populationist. I think the more people we have on the planet, the more chance for abundance that we have, the more chance for genius and the more chance for enlightenment that will occur because there's more awake people. Like right now, there's way more people that are awake that are using the tools that we have to fight back versus you know, if there were less of us, there would be a less percentage of those people around, right? So that's, we use the tools that we have because th- there's more chance that we'll help each other out if there's more of us, right? And also that more, like one invention from one person could change the whole planet as far as food production goes, right? So we can fix the food production problems with certain in- technological inventions. And it's not just an arithmetic progression, um, with food expanding, expanding, and you know the geometric progression of the population was going to over over. I mean, did he did he see envision all the de- technology that would come after 1798 that would assist in mass food production and that we're not now running out of food? It's more of a now it's more of a resource allocation and resource distribution issue, 
and how we're managing our resources on this planet versus our ability to produce enough food is here. We have that ability. We have the ability to produce an abundance of food and we can continue to produce you know, air-conditioned casinos in the middle of Las Vegas that have buffets that endlessly just seem to have food running in and out of them. Um, maybe there's a, if there's people starving on this planet right now, it's a, it's a problem of people like Malthus thinking that if we, maybe if we starve this country out, they'll learn not to grow as much and then we can kill them off. That's the practice being carried out, right? Are Bill Gates going in and mass vaccinating and sterilizing and killing people in these countries with his uh, dysgenics program because he wants to reduce the population because he's a Malthusianist. Um, he sees the world as something like we need to, we need to reduce the amount of people on it because we're, we're running out of resources. Right. And that sort of thinking again is a, a scarcity mindset and it's instilled in us as well. When we're young children and we're being told that we're destroying the planet and that because, uh, we drive gasoline cars and eat cows that everything's going to shit because of that. Right. And that that's just not true. These things are instilled into us for a reason because they want us to think small. They want us to think scared and we don't have enough. Right. And then how bad is that with also like the parent parental figures in your life teaching you these things as well. And that they went through the same system. So they also have this scarcity mindset. Right. And so, you're not only getting it from the schools, you're not only getting it from the media and the the propaganda outlets, but you're also getting it. And, and also, you know, our, our mainstream quote unquote scientific paradigm right now is, is wrapping around this thinking like uh, with, with the depopulation being the number one priority that we need to focus on in climate change. Right. I'm not saying that they're using science. I'm just saying that the main scientific narrative is also did so if all these angles of things getting you to think in, with a scarcity mindset and in fear how you know how horrible is that these children growing up in these homes with all of this influence no wonder that they get out and they can't provide for themselves no wonder that when they grow up they're sort of broken people themselves who don't have what we were talking about yesterday with that entrepreneurial mindset where you don't see the problem and go, Oh, well, I can't do anything about that. And I don't know what to do. So I'm just going to stay stuck here in this position. And let's say even people that necessarily didn't want to, let's say get the COVID-19 vaccine, but felt like they had to, because their employer said, if you don't get it, you're fired. No job, no job. Right. Well, someone with a scarcity mindset that thinks, Oh, what am I going to do? And, there's just not enough and uh, I'm not going to be able to build new skills and I, don't, I, I, I have learned helplessness. I really don't know how to do this for myself. And that mindset is going to get them to go, well, I better just do what they say. I mean, it's what the, the scientific community is saying and my employer is and it's all over the media. And so even though they may not really even want to do the thing, in this case, you know, get a job, they'll go ahead and do it anyway because you know, they don't have the thing that says there's a problem here that I need to resolve of something that I'm not okay with doing and I'm not going to do it. And so we'll have to figure out a way around this. And so that's like, what, get a new job or, you know, build a business over that time that hopefully you can rely on as a secondary or someday a primary source of income. 
these things are, you know, possible and we can get our minds to start thinking in a more abundant way. Uh, first by recognizing that there's a problem, that we might have a scarcity mindset and that the world around us might be influencing that or even propagating it intentionally to have us stuck in a way to think that we have to go to others for solutions. We have to reach out to the government to fix our problems for us, right? There isn't a way to fix these problems with our communities that we are strong in because of our skill sets and our mindset and our entrepreneurial techniques that we utilize and learn and grow in these ways versus, you know, the fear, uncertainty, and doubt, fear, uncertainty, and doubt, fear, uncertainty, and doubt that's constantly being pushed out by the media in this post 9-11 world, you know, you, you do, you did have surges of people waking up and you have people uh, from Occupy, let's say, moving forward from 9-11 to the Occupy Wall Street thing, um, but not really understanding the bigger picture and the bigger problem there and just thinking that it's, it's just Wall Street, right? If we just fix the banks or we just, just fix Wall Street, then everything's going to work out. But it didn't really happen, and we didn't really see a lot of great change from that movement of Occupy Wall Street, right? We didn't see much at all besides, you know, people spending a lot of time in the parks occupying them and getting sprayed with pepper spray or, you know, for the most part, people probably just hung out and didn't do much at all. And it wasn't not not like it wasn't a great effort, but we need to find ways to create better change than that in the world. And now that we have this COVID-1984 and the Great Reset sort of combined, I, th I think really the Great Reset is what they're doing. The COVID was just sort of the thing that kicked it off. And they plan to have their Great Reset. Things will be changed in a, in a way for the worse for freedom, for people. The average person is going to suffer because of it, but they're not done with their evil monetary system. They're not, they're not done. They're going to be implementing this stakeholder capitalism, right? That the whole system that we've been economically enslaved into isn't done with us. It's not going to just collapse and go away. They're collapsing it in order to bring in their new system, which will continue to enslave you, continue to take away your life force which is essentially just evil. It, it is evil. It's not essentially. That's what it is. That's evil incarnate on the planet, sucking away your life energy because we don't know how to operate outside of that system, right? So that's the solution here is to start operating outside of those systems. And again, in the last couple episodes, I don't think that that's just Bitcoin. Okay, you get into Bitcoin and now you're solved. I think that's a false paradigm. I don't think that you shouldn't be in Bitcoin. I think that it could be one of the safest and best places to put your money if you're looking for an alternative way to invest that's not a traditional 401k. And maybe it's a step towards understanding more crypto, which could be a step into understanding some of the projects that are more freedom-oriented, right? So that could be a good thing, is to start to understand how it works, as this is not going away. It's not something that's going to disappear into the land of Pokemon cards or something like that. Like this idea of a digital currency and digital money is here to stay. So better understanding it is helpful because then we'll have 
better alternatives than the CBDCs, central bank controlled digital currencies that they're pushing, right? And again, I think that personally, my opinion, and based on the research that I've done and presented here a little bit, but could go more into if needed, is that the government is, you know, the the government, meaning the bankers and the power behind the government that actually control the government, the central banks, they are, you know, using Bitcoin as a false dialectic. It's not a real opposition to what they're doing. It's it's actually the Trojan horse into what they're trying to do, which is get you more involved into the digital gulag, CBDC, central bank controlled digital currencies. And I don't think, you know, Bitcoin is totally controlled, but it was it was developed and designed and deployed in a way to head us in this direction. To be more tracked, traced, and databased and controlled. Okay, so we see things also like the recent trucker convoy in Canada. It was more effective, I think, the way they did it in America. I think the trucker convoy really just fizzled out into people live streaming themselves, live streaming themselves, driving around the country. Like, seriously, that's what it was. Like, hey, you're live streaming too? Yeah, and you are too? And then they're supported by all the live streaming and super chats, so they were able to keep driving around, and that's literally all they did was just drive around. <laughs> you know? I mean, it was sort of ridiculous. I, I, I appreciate, like, the the mindset behind it, I guess. Or I I want to say I was support what they were doing. I watched a lot of coverage, and not what I mainly saw were truckers live streaming themselves live streaming other truckers live streaming themselves who were getting donations as they drove around the country and there was no like real understanding of what they were even trying to accomplish and i think they were really scared to go to washington and do anything because they were the january 6 effect they were worried about being put in the same category as the january 6th people and being put in prison and having their lives ruined because of an event so instead of having an event they just sort of had this like long drawn out driving around thing and i i would i would i wonder if they're still doing it even like because they still have supporters and they're still live streaming so they're just driving around like oh the freedom convoy and they're you know i again i don't want to like discount the sentiment or that it wasn't in good faith or in good heart or whatever but it was again the the Canadian trucker convoy had it at least more like disrupt. They disrupted something and made a point, I guess. And I don't know if it's like, you know, I'm not necessarily saying that that's even the right thing to do. I've always thought events in that way are sort of ridiculous, like a protest. You're just sort of begging your masters for something that they're not going to give you, or they're going to manipulate you into thinking what you got was the thing you wanted or something. It's still in the left-right paradigm, I think, a lot. I think people saw these things as right. They were right-leaning extremist people. And then you got, you know, the Department of Homeland Security saying, we're going to have these threats of domestic terrorists. And so it's good that they didn't have any violence and there wasn't any major outbursts or disruptions and things. I, th I think that was actually a good thing. Otherwise, the media is just going to paint them as extremists doing these things. And, you know, they'll set them up to have some event happen and they blame all the truckers for it. So they stayed out of that by by keeping on the move. That was a good thing and uh, brought attention to it. But what I see is people still, you know, thinking that it's the right that has it right and the conservatives, you know, the conservatives moved forward with the whole 
COVID-1984, you know, agenda, and they were right there. You know, Trump was the one doing uh, <laughs> Operation Warp Speed, right, to push out the vaccines even faster. And people are trying to say, oh, it was a 5D chess move because he didn't want the pandemic to be drawn out. Um, yeah, okay, so Trump's not in bed with the pharmaceutical companies, and he's not just another puppet for them to push their products out and get them out even faster at warp speed with your taxpayer dollars, you know, paying yourself to pay, paying your government to poison you, and to push them out even faster and pay off all their cronies and all their bureaucrats and get everybody millions and millions of dollars just to, you know, get their products mandated and how how great would that be when the government funds your product's development at warp speed and then starts to mandate or advise that people mandate that you take your product? I mean, what kind of a, a great deal is that for those investors, right? I mean, you can't have a better investment, right? And that's how sick it is. That's how disgusting that is, that that's what went on. And people think still that, that the right is more on the side for freedom, you know? You're just as foolish as anyone else. You're probably more fooled than some of the people on the left because you ha you are delusional enough to think that you're still going to get it done politically and that it's still going to happen in, in politics and that somehow you're going to vote the right people in there. It's ridiculous and childish. And you've been you know brainwashed by this mass media system that we've been discussing today. With that, folks, we're going to leave it there. I am using the time in the mornings to record these podcasts and they're usually going to be about half an hour to an hour and a half, depending on the clips that we play and the things that we put in. But like I said, Freedom's Rising is going to be dynamic coming up. We've really just been trying to get in the sync of things. Today is a great episode because why? Because it's ten, number 10, a nice round number. And a, you know it took a lot of time to get here even at episode number 10. <laughs> I'm going to do a little a little uh, congratulating and happy dance over here because I've reached this far. I mean, a lot of mornings I'm going, why am I waking up this early? Why am I doing this? I don't want to do this. And, you know, working through all this sort of self-doubt and scarcity mindset that I have. And then when I get done with an episode or I've, I see that we're at episode 10 already, it just, it gives me motivation to keep going. Not that I wasn't already motivated to do this, but, you know, we have to take our little victories as we reach them and get them. And uh, you know, celebrate. So episode 10, can't wait to be at episode 100, and then can't wait to be at episode 1000 after that. It'll probably take us a few years at least to get there, but it's been wonderful having you guys here with us at Freedoms Rising today. And uh, if you want to support Freedoms Rising, go to freedomsrising.live, sign up for the email notice there, and also on tylerbloyer.com, you can do the same thing. We'd appreciate your support. Uh, that's how this show is funded currently, and uh, one day in the future, maybe we can have uh, s some value added in ways that you can help support the show that aren't just a donation. But at the moment, it's a donation-based system if you'd like to show your appreciation for what we're doing. And uh, you can do that at tylerbloyer.com or freedomsrising.live. Otherwise, guys, we will talk to you tomorrow, and have a wonderful day. Talk to you later. Coming in strong Sugar Shack sessions This one goes out to all the warriors Planet wide K
try our existence to deny while a system I go cry when I see that we already raising